Hello everyone, thank you for joining us and welcome to the Social Mindset Podcast. My name is Eno Apan and before we get started, I just want to remind you guys that this is our first episode, so please be gentle in your review. Thank you. Alright, without any further celebration, let's get started and you already know what the topic is. SARS in Nigeria, in case you didn't. So, first and foremost, as a Nigerian, this is a really hard um, topic to unravel because this year has not only been a tedious year, but a very heartbreaking one because we had to go through so many things, all of us collectively. And now, as a Nigerian, you have to talk about your own people being killed by the same government that were paid to protect them. And now I have to do that and everybody has to do that repeatedly. Can you imagine? From the time of independence, the Nigerian government has constantly been a thorn on the sides of the citizens. The government has done nothing but take, take, take and take, including lives. They separate themselves from us by making us suffer and beg for basic human rights. The Nigerian government literally sucks the life out of you. They no longer want to hide their evil acts under various unfulfilled promises. So they created a weapon called SARS and aimed it at their own people and armed every other law enforcement officer in the country just to prove their point. If you are not tired of the bullies, cool. We cannot stay silent or be bullied into it. So today we are going to narrate how the Nigerian government landed us here. In case you were wondering where Nigeria is, and for those of you who don't even know that there's a country called Nigeria or where it is, well, you're in luck as I'm here to do that. Nigeria is a country located in the western part of Africa. With over 200 million people, Nigeria is a multinational state with more than 250 ethnic groups speaking 500 distinct languages. And yet, they still manage to recycle all of these idiots. The three largest ethnic groups are the Hausa, Fulani in the north, Yoruba in the west, Igbo in the east, all together comprising over 60% of the total population. The official language in Nigeria is English. With all this said, all these amazing things said about Nigeria and many, many more, this is just the tip of the iceberg, the only good thing, but there are many more other things that you can discover on your own about Nigeria. With all this said, the most outstanding thing about Nigeria is her people. We are happy people. Like, if you know any Nigerian, when you see them, you will see that there's a different kind of craziness that hovers around them. It's called happiness. You will see it as you see it in a Nigerian's face when they leave the country. I mean, we find comedy in the most uncommon places, but just because we do that does not mean we're obtuse. Nigeria has so much potential so 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 much potential but greed or just pure human hatred as of reading the master bedroom the special anti-robbery squad sas forgot the top was founded in 1992 by the former police commissioner simeon danladi midenda why because of the death of Colonel Rindam, the Nigerian army general at the time, at the hands of some police officers at a checkpoint in Lagos State in September 1992. This incident later led to the arrest of three police officers. When the information reached the army, and we all know how they react, soldiers were dispatched 
into the streets of Lagos in search of any and all police officers. The Nigerian police withdrew from their checkpoints, security areas, and other points of interest for criminals. In the absence of police for two weeks in the entire country, the crime rate increased, so the commissioner made an executive decision to create SARS. SARS was formed with an initial force of 15, operating in secrecy to avoid the army. <coughs> Coward. In order to distinguish SARS from other squads, Midena named the unit Special Anti-Robbery Squad, SARS. After months of dialogue, the Nigerian army and the Nigerian police officer came to an understanding and official police duties resumed in Lagos. An understanding. What kind? SARS was one of the 14 units in the Force Criminal Investigation and Intelligence Department, which was established to detain, investigate, prosecute those involved in violent crimes such as armed robbery and kidnapping. Do you see how straightforward that is? That was their freaking job. The Nigerian Police Force is the principal law enforcement agency in Nigeria. The command and control of the Nigerian Police Force are under the authority of the Inspector General of Police, Mohamed Abubakar Adamu. The force is divided into seven administrative departments, each headed by a Deputy General of Police, 12 operational zonal commands, and 37 state commands, including the FCT, Federal Capital Territory. The zone is headed by an assistant inspector general of police. The state command is headed by commissioner of police and the area command by an assistant commissioner of police. And the division can be headed by any officer in the superintendent cadre. The Nigerian police force administrative departments are divided into different categories that are responsible for different aspects of policing and public protection. One of them being the famous NPF criminal investigation department. The Nigerian Police Force Criminal Investigation Department is the highest investigating arm of the Nigerian Police Force. Its functions include investigation and prosecution of serious and criminal cases within and outside the country. The department also coordinates crime investigation prosecution throughout the force. Due to efficiency, the Nigerian Police Force Criminal Investigation Department is divided into sections with department heads for each of them. Right now, the department is headed by Deputy Inspector General Mike Obizi. The sections under the Nigerian Police Force Criminal Investigation Department include the following but not limited to Anti-Fraud Section, Central Criminal Registry, Special Anti-Robbery Squad, Special Inquiry Bureau, X-Squad, <laughs> General Investigation, Special Fraud Unit, Legal Section, Forensic Science, Interpol, Homicide, Anti-Human Trafficking, but for the sake of our topic, we will only discuss the Special Anti-Robbery Squad section for now. It is understandable for one to think that SARS became what they are recently. To think that all the violence that they have carried out, all in the name of justice, has gone unnoticed by the government and its affiliates. You'd be wrong. But please, allow me to illuminate you. In mid-1996, the SARS Lagos branch arrested two security officers who were at work under the suspicions of assisting in a robbery. The two guards were not charged with any crime when they were arrested. So, fast forward to January 1997. Most of us were not even born by then. 
The bodies of the guards were placed at a morgue without any explanation for their deaths. In October 2005, a SARS operative killed a bus driver in Obiaruku, Delta State, for failing to pay a bribe. The operative was removed from the SARS position and arrested on charges of murder. In 2009, after several years of operations, the squad grew in number and in strength. Due to the presence of increased internet thrusters and secret society in Nigerian University, allegedly, SARS operatives infiltrated them and made several successful arrests, but in the process, harassed several innocent people. With that, they became witch hunters against Nigerian youth with dreadlocks piercing cars, expensive phones, and suggestive means of income. <laughs> in case you do not understand this last part that I just explained to you, I want to put it in a way that is as clear as day so that you will know the actual reasons why my people are being killed, murdered on the streets. They have to be slaves in their own homes. You get killed by SARS simply because your hair is too long or your hair is standing in an abnormal way or because you have earrings or, God forbid, you have tattoos. Oh, oh, not God forbid, you have phone. And not just any phone, oh, iPhone. And heaven help you if you have an expensive car and then you're driving that car and wearing earrings inside the car. That is why they're killing us. That's all. In May 2010, a SARS operative in Borokiri, Portakot, had arrested three cyclists and detained them for one week while they were beaten every night with the butt of a gun and an iron belt. Then, in the same 2010, a federal high court in Enugu State ordered the then Inspector General of Police, Obunna Okechuku Onovo, to produce a special anti-robbery squad officer who had shot and killed a 15-year-old boy at his high school, according to the source officer. The teen was mistaken for a kidnapper. On July 27, 2010, an extensive editorial report was made detailing how SARS and other police units had made a profit of 9.4 billion naira, that is $60 million, from roadblocks and extortion within 18 months. 18 months! Ah. Skip to 2019. In August, while SARS operatives were on a raid in Ijegun, a community in Lagos, to arrest suspected kidnappers, several shots were fired in an attempt to restrain the kidnappers. One of these shots hit a pregnant woman who was reportedly killed instantly. This incident resulted in the lynching of two officers on the spot by the mob. In the same August, Oh, on the 21st, four SARS operatives were arrested and charged with murder after being caught on film and handling and then shooting to death two suspected phone thieves in broad fucking daylight. The suspected thieves were shot dead after they had already been arrested. With all this tragic incident happening left and right, the government has negligently diverted their attention from the situation so private citizens took it upon themselves to do right by, by creating campaigns. The NSARS campaign is a never-ending fight that began in the hour of need. For many years, SARS have continued to terrorize and humiliate the Nigerian citizens and the government has continued to unsee it. So in December 2017, Shegun Awosanya, popular known as Segalings, a realtor and a human rights activist, organized an online advocacy campaign demanding an end to SARS brutality in the country. 
Sagalings revealed that the campaign sent a petition to the government requesting for the scraping of the special anti-robbery squad and the broader reform of the Nigerian police for reform with over 30,000 signatures. The campaign started on social media from the hashtag NSARS created by Twitter user in a post demanding Nigeria's government scrape and end the deployment of SARS. And now the most recent and equally excruciatingly painful campaign occurred this year. We will not forget what had happened that day. We will not forget what the world did, what Instagram did. We will not forget what everybody did. And Nigeria, we will not forget how you treated us that day. We will not forget. We will not forget. And I will make sure that the world knows the things that the Nigerian SARS has done to the people of Nigeria from the time it was created till today. On October 20, a SARS operative shot a young man in front of the Wetland Hotel in Ugeli, Delta State. The video of the incident started trending on social media, leading to a nationwide protest within a few days. The protest rapidly expanded from an online hashtag to widespread street protest in days. Both domestic and foreign celebrities joined in digital and physical protesting, which gave the campaign extra weight and support that it needed. So thank you for that. To everyone that did that, thank you so much. The Almighty God will continue to bless you infinitely for your support. During the protest in Abuja, the nation's capital, where the president lives, peaceful NSAS protesters were attacked, beaten and chased away by federal police officers. But protesters returned and took the protest to the police force headquarters, proving that a child that does not want the mother to sleep will not sleep. It was later shown on the news that the federal police tear-gassed protesters, shooting live ammunition and using water cannons on them. Water they do not have! On October 9th, in Ogomosho in Oyo State, a peaceful protester named Jimo Isiak was shot dead by police officers while engaging in the NSAS protest. His death was the tip of the iceberg, with several hashtags like End Police Brutality and Remember Jimo trending on Twitter. Omo, you don't tire me, ja. Ankak. Meanwhile, in Lagos State, protesters marched in solidarity to the Lagos State House of Assembly to demand an end to SARS. Several videos shared on social media showed protesters laying on the bare ground. You have made us slaves in our own home. And when we stand up against you, you shoot us. We pay you to protect us and then you shoot us. Like, without us, you would not be in the office you are right now. You know that, right? The voices of the people are more powerful and the ones in power. The next morning, an emergency session of the Lagos House of Assembly was held while lawmakers allowed some protesters in the building to observe proceedings. How generous, right? A motion was passed and agreed on by legislators who voted in favor of the protesters to NSAS and sent the recommendations of the House to the federal government. On October 11th, the Inspector General of Police, Adamu, announced the disbanding of SARS on live television and said the new tactical team will be unveiled shortly. Hydra. While all this was going on, in southern Nigeria, the River State Government unconstitutionally placed a ban on all forms of protest in the state 
asking police to arrest any defaulters. Lodo. So, on October 13th, protesters marched in the defiance of the ban all the way up to the state government house. If show me your color, I show you mine was a group of people. It will be those people. I am happy. Other states like Abekuta, Ogun State, Benin City, Edo State, ETC joined with thousands of Nigerian youth marching in solidarity, asking the government to end police brutality. They were marching. I want you to know that. That's all they did. They marched for hours, days, thousands of miles every day. Meanwhile, back in ABJ, as the protests gained more momentum and exposure, more protesters returned to the police headquarters and once again were shot at with water cannons and live ammunition. Our politicians and top government officials became reticent under the influences of greed, including the hopeful presidential candidate Bola Tinubu as police officers in Suruleri shot and killed several peaceful protesters. In total, eight people, including a 10-year-old boy. Eight people, including a 10-year-old boy. I needed to emphasize that so that you know. A 10-year-old boy. 10 dwarf, were killed in Obamashaw, Oyo State, by stray police bullets, while at least three were shot dead in Lagos, including an auto-mechanic bystander who was not even part of the protests. He died with his hands still in his pockets. I cannot. I can't. On October 20, hours before the shooting, Governor Sangwo Olu imposed a strict curfew starting at 4 p.m. as a result of the shooting and vandalism in other parts of the state, which was later moved to 9 p.m. to allow people to get home. The timeline for when the curfew was imposed had become a point of a disagreement between the governor and the military when they were testifying November 14th. The army said their soldiers were unaware of the changes to the later time. According to the army, spokesperson's testimony on the 8th person judicial panel on November 14th. So in 24 hours, only essential service providers were allowed to be on the streets of Lagos. Less than three hours after the original curfew came into effect, army trucks left the Bonicam barracks in Victoria Island and headed towards the Tollgate Plaza and the protesters. They barricaded them. Eyewitnesses say they saw soldiers arriving in Toyota Hilux with OPO Awati written on it, the name of the joint military task force that operates in Lagos. DJ Switch, a local musician whose real name is Obianuju Catherine O'Day, was streaming live on Instagram when the shooting began. The shooting started almost immediately with no warning given. Panic followed as protesters attempted to flee. DJ Switch says, There was a guy that was running and he just, he fell. And we looked at him. He was shot in the back. The shooting lasted from 6.43 p.m. to 8.24 p.m., where soldiers shot in the air but also directly at protesters. In the numerous videos posted online at the time of the shooting, some of the protests were seen carrying bodies 
the flashlights on their phones being the only thing that lights the darkness because they turned off the billboard. They turned off all the lights. They turned them off. We know what you did. They turned off all the lights. In other videos, there were several injured people on the floor bleeding or dead on the ground while other protesters continued to wave the Nigerian flags. Ambulances were prevented from reaching the scene by the authorities. So injured people were carried to the hospital by civilians as of 7.19 p.m. In one of the video footages, a man was seen using his car as an improvised ambulance to transport people to the hospital. In the hospital, the doctor, Dr. Ayo Aramulat, executive medical director at Granville Medical Center, said that he and his colleagues received around 15 people that night with various gunshot wounds and cuts. He also said that they referred some for treatment to other hospitals. Also, one of the victims had to have his leg amputated. Guess what? The army denied that anyone was taken to the hospital with gunshot wounds and that they only shot in the air. Sir, sorry to interrupt, but the doctor's name is no fake. He did not lie. At a point during the broadcast, DJ Switch was helping to extract a bullet lodged in another man's thigh as he screamed in agony. When this happened, throughout all that broadcast and everybody getting to know what is happening in Nigeria and us having different kind of feelings inside, as in Nigeria, foreign countries, you've not been home for a while and all of a sudden, you see the army that your country owns shooting the people, your brothers and sisters, your friends, cousins, your aunties, your uncles, your mother, your father, or your house girl, or your security guard, or anybody for that matter. They're shooting them at will. Now, they shoot them and you cannot do anything about it because you don't even know where to begin. The only thing you can do is cry and raise an awareness to what is happening. In the aftermath of the Lekki massacre, no responsibility has been acknowledged and neither have the arrest of the criminals been made. Rather, protesters have been further victimized, harassed, bullied and killed in an attempt to sweep the incident under the rug. On Thursday, 22 October 2020, our president, Mohamed Buhari, His Excellency, threatened us on live TV. Finally, before I go, I just want to say this to those of you that do not find anything wrong in these atrocious acts of violence. This blatant display of textbook definition of human rights violation that the Nigerian government and its law enforcement officers have committed in the past and present we see you. His Excellency, well done, sir. You are sick of us because we are no longer gullible and we are no longer unsuspecting bystanders in the witnessing of our neglect in your hands and in your administration. We will obtain the justice that you have repeatedly denied us ourselves the right way. The lies that you have told and covered up are about to dance naked in the village square. Sir, and to the general souls that are constantly aiming for positive change in Nigeria, I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your work. Your efforts will never be in vain. I am indeed proud of these steps that we are all taking in securing our collective future in Nigeria. 
Thank you for listening to me, Blood. For more information, please visit our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook pages. Please stay safe during protests. Thank you so much. Bye. Now, who ordered the shooting?